forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. What sins have you committed? <laughs> well... Hey everyone, welcome to Forgive Me, Father, a podcast where we discuss how certain aspects of life and a walk with God go together or don't mesh so well. Through discussions of personal vices and victories, we hope to help you, the listener, understand others more and create conversations, no matter what you've experienced or believe. What's funny about recording a podcast is that, because obviously working at Starbucks, we don't have to deal with like corporate meetings or something. Yeah. But this morning, and I think last night, I was wearing like a nice like flannel, mm-hmm. but I was also wearing soccer shorts. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is corporate America. This is great. So oh, even yeah. now, like, I'm like still like wearing like a different pair of soccer shorts, but it's <laughs> nice because like in a podcast or even the Zoom meeting that we're doing this on, like there's not, I don't have to worry about the bottom half of me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I had a, I have one guest who asked me ahead of time. She was like, Hey, I'm going to bring a lot of notes on, uh, this isn't going to be visually recorded. Right. And I was like, Oh God, I hope not. Like <laughs> it's definitely not <laughs> one. Cause I don't have that time, but also I don't look great in this lighting. This, <laughs> my closet is not ideal oh for recording. That is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll look like I'll look somewhat put together, but my beard has not been trimmed in quite some time and my hair is a mess. And Ben asked me, he was just like, is it going to be like video recording? And I was like, no. And he was like, oh, good, because I was going to tell you to go get ready. <laughs> I was like, ow, <laughs> ow. He's like, I knew you wouldn't want to look like that if it was like video recording. I was like, dude. You're about to get divorced. <laughs> Been married for a month and now this is it. Yes. <laughs> this, is, this is the final straw 30 days in. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad it's not video. Also, like, that's just too much for me, you know, having to do audio rec- uh, editing, but then also have to do, having to do video. I can't imagine. too much time. Can't no, but it's nice, though. Like, I've, I, I don't have to dress up fancy. Also, like you can see, like my shoes on, like the shoe rack right there behind me. I know, I've been looking. The jacket. <laughs> um, so it's nothing fancy, and plus it's my closet, so I don't know how much I would like want that to be shown yet. Yeah. <laughs> to anybody. <laughs> there's a. Uh, there's been people who come in. Like we will have like really small game nights. Yeah. Six people, seven people. You know, within like reason, mm-hmm. within like COVID guidelines. Yeah. And it's like all trusted friends, but there've been a couple of people and they're like, Oh, so, so this is your apartment. And then somehow they find their way into this closet. And like, I, I don't know how they get here. I'm like, yeah, just, you know, take a look around, blah, 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 blah. And then somehow they wind up in this closet and like, Oh, so this is where you do the recording. And I'm like, get out of there. <laughs> it's, it's not great. <laughs> it's not well kept. I have a ton of stuff just lying around. Like I have my Christmas tree outfit sitting literally right in front of me on the other side of this oh my gosh uh, screen <laughs> it's it's not great i have suit pants hanging that i just haven't hung yet so they're like on the shelf and like one pant leg is like hanging down from the actual shelf on this closet sounds about right sounds about yes. how the inside of the closet looks right now <laughs> so no visuals for quite some time yeah if ever at this point <laughs> Cool. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about having a child outside of marriage. Sex is always a taboo conversation. It's one of the most heavily condemned sins, one of the most heavily looked down upon aspects of of culture outside of a church. Uh, And today we have Jacqueline McMillan Rhodes. Wow. 30 days being a wife, having that officially on the end of your name. Thank you so much for joining me. I am so happy to be here. So excited. Yeah, super excited to have you on here. We go back to 2017. We worked together at the same coffee shop in Roanoke. Jacqueline, for the first few months that I worked there, I only called her princess because she was (laughs) basically a Disney princess in a coffee shop apron uh, and all of the sass to match that. Um, yes, I feel like that probably still describes me to a T. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. From the, from the myriad of conversations we've had, even since I've moved and, you know, we were at different stores and stuff like that. It still, it still holds true. <laughs> Luckily you found your Disney prints who can, who can, uh, put up with you. Is that the right word? <laughs> Tolerate maybe? Yeah. Well, my, my status has now moved up to queen because Evelyn's Ooh, now the princess. That's true. Evelyn. So I think, I think that's what it is. Right. And well, I'll she's a more sass. Yeah. Well, she's a different kind of princess. Cause I remember that video you sent me the other day of her shoving princess Aurora into the microwave. She's, um, she's very interesting. I look forward to seeing how she's going to reign her kingdom, you know, <laughs> it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. She's got a, she's got a very, she's ruling with an iron thumb already. Uh, shoving other princesses into microwaves to establish her dominance as as the head princess. <laughs> I guess you do what you got to do. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's not how I want her to do it. We we still got <laughs> she still needs to do princess one hundred and one. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Potty training, princess one hundred and one, and then we learn not to throw other princesses into <laughs> microwaves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. But yeah, Jacqueline and I have been really good friends. We actually ended up at the same store in Blacksburg, Virginia, again, for a little while where we reconnected. Uh, and I was so excited to have her in mind when, when it came to this podcast idea, because I think she has a lot of great insight. And her story is one that I think people can relate to. But even if you can't relate to it, I think it's one that is important to understand how to, how to best love somebody and not judge people based on what they're going through even though you don't quite understand it yourself. So, Jacqueline, how about you give us a little bit of a backstory for you, just in terms of how you grew up and and your church background? Well, I am only 23 years old. I get told a lot that I seem a little bit more mature for my age, which I think has to play into just being the big sister. Um, Felt like I was always the mom in my friend group growing up. Mm -hmm. Now being a mom... It makes me see things a little bit differently. So I'm from West Virginia, hence the accent. That's (laughs) makes it very obvious. I grew up in a Methodist church where my great grandpa was the pastor, and my papa is also a pastor at a Methodist church as well. So grew up in a in a religious family. Went to church every Sunday. You know, women weren't allowed to wear jeans to church. I mean, we wore dresses or dress pants, went to church on Wednesday, you know, mm-hmm. I would say that's, that's about, that's about it. <laughs> the whole nine yards of being able to grow up and just having a whole culture being involved yeah. in church. I mean, I think you and I are very similar in that area where church is all you, all we knew growing up. Exactly. Um, it was very, it was very weird to go a Sunday where you didn't go to church. Like it just mm. didn't seem, it didn't seem right. And then <laughs> like, so we would go to church, everyone would go home, take a nap. And then we go to my Mimo's house for Sunday dinner. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I mean, that's just what we did growing up. And I mean, I loved it, but I, I think once I moved to Roanoke, I, I saw a new, a new world out there in a way. Mm-hmm. where I wasn't being told I should go to church. I was doing my, I was actually going to Starbucks during church time. <laughs> so um, it definitely changed for me when I moved to Roanoke, which was about four years ago. So. Mm-hmm. Also listeners, you may, you may sense a, a slight change in my accent. Jacqueline's probably going to bring it out of me just a little bit. Um, <laughs> growing up in Southwestern Virginia, uh, and having a very country family. It doesn't come out a lot <laughs> now that I'm in Charlotte. Uh, there have been times where I find myself ordering something or saying something a little differently and having my coworkers at the coffee shop being like, what are you, what are you saying? Like, what is that called? And I'm like, chai. It's called chai. They're like, chai. It's called chai. So if that comes out, just know that I'm not trying to appropriate Jacqueline's <laughs> accent at all. <laughs> Uh, this is actually how I talk when I'm, I'm around my family. I think I feel a little more comfortable when people also have Southern accents. That way, if they see a Latino having a Southern accent, they're like, oh, okay, he's just, he's just a part of that culture, I guess, even though he doesn't look like it. 
me being all tatted and bearded and Latino and showing up and saying, Hey y'all, how's it going? So <laughs> <laughs> don't feel like I'm judging you. I'm not, yeah, exactly. I don't, I'm not going to sit there and correct you and be like, that's not how you say it. Yeah, exactly. You might say chai. I'm going to be like, it's chai, John. <laughs> chai, exactly. It's chai. <laughs> well, even, even what you were saying, like your papa was a preacher. So in other episodes for listeners, if you're a returning listener, you know that I've said grandfather or grandpa, but mm-hmm. I actually used to call my grandfather papa too. But for yeah. a lot of people that I talk to, like, I just don't say papa because it sounds a little too Southern, which is funny being in Charlotte and being the Southern person in a more Southern city, you know, coming from a small town in, in, in Roanoke in Virginia and then coming to Charlotte and then being like, Hey y'all like chai, egg white, egg bites, like all this different <laughs> stuff. And they're like, you sound so country. And I'm like, yeah, but y'all are more Southern than this. And I was, and they're like, yeah, but it's a city. And I'm like, Oh, that's right. That's right. You guys talk like city folk. So that's cool. <laughs> um, but so growing up in, in church, you and I kind of both understand the do's and don'ts of, of religion. What you were saying, like even go, not going to church on Sunday was always a little strange. It was always a little wild in terms of, oh, no, I'm sinning because I'm not in church on Sunday, you know? Yes. And so I think that kind of plays into what we're going to talk about in terms of, of having a child outside of wedlock. Because for those of you who don't know, how a baby's born. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there is a process that goes on before that. But marriage is such a sacred event within church. You know, it's, it's something that's, that is really lifted up. It's celebrated as it should be. Marriage is a, is a great yeah. union. I was unfortunately, unfortunately because of Corona, you know, we weren't able to attend yours. Yeah. But it is it is a great celebration. So having a child outside of that and what that entails brings a lot of judgment or heavy, heavy conversation or heavy looks, if that makes sense. It does. And I think, honestly, it's because you're literally, it's like it's written across your forehead. I had sex before mm-hmm. I was married. Like, that's what it is. I mean, it's right there in front of you that someone has sinned. Um, and unfortunately that brings people very quick to judge. And I mean, I hate it for someone as like, I went through it, but also like you just, I don't see any, it's anyone's place to judge. Like that should be between me and God, but also how can you sit there and you see a pregnant woman come into church and you don't see a ring? Well, how do you know that she is married, but her rings don't fit right now. Mm. Um, how do you know that her soon-to-be husband passed away? I mean, you just don't know. And I and it's very unfortunate and sad that judgment gets passed so quickly because they just see the pregnant belly or the child and no ring, and they're like, they have sinned. How dare they? They had sex before they were married. Um, mm-hmm. Now they have a child. It's just how, I mean, unfortunately, that's, there's still so much judgment that happens even today, even though it's becoming more normal for mm-hmm. there to be children born without there being a marriage involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll definitely dive into that because that is very important. I think it's, it's damaging for someone who wants to be in a church, who wants to be a part of a church culture, who wants a relationship with God, and then instantly to be judged simply yeah. based upon a child that. Mm-hmm. is theirs, you know, uh, whether that child was planned or was not planned, whether it happened inside of marriage or outside of marriage, like that person is there for a relationship with God. And it does hurt when uh, they feel judged instantly based upon a child being with them. You know, I think everybody can kind of relate to wanting to join church, but also like one, not wanting to to be judged by the baggage that they carry with them in their past. Obviously we have to learn and we have to heal from, from certain baggage, from certain sin, stuff like that. That's normal in a relationship with God. But I think everyone can relate to the fact that we don't want to be judged when we walk into church. You know, you go there because you want to be loved and accepted and listened to. It's a safe place, you know, exactly. you're supposed to feel safe there. I mean, heck, people on the run, they go to churches because they're not supposed like cops aren't supposed to run in and arrest someone there. Like (laughs) it's literally supposed to be a safe place. And (laughs) I just, it really, it blows my mind how 
someone can go into church and to worship God and to want to show his love through them and then do something like that. Like, it's just really, it's just sad. Yeah. It's unfortunate for the person that it happens to as well. Yeah, for sure. Dang, we're coming in hot. We're coming in hot on this podcast. We're just jumping into it. This episode, we're not pulling any punches. We're just going jumping into it. And we'll definitely talk more about what it means to to have eyes upon you for for having certain mm-hmm. decisions and 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 having a child outside of wedlock. Like, what does that feel like? But for you, when you and, and Ben learned that you were having a child, what was your mentality knowing the certain culture that comes with uh, having being pregnant without marriage within uh, a church? I think we were both really scared, um, especially especially me with my family. I knew that we all went to church. I mean, preachers in the family. Mm-hmm. I remember just being so nervous to tell them. And I remember Ben holding back and I'm not really sure if his was necessarily religious reasons. Um, I know with his mom, it was, it was a little bit more, but it was just very, very nerve wracking to think like, what if, they don't accept this baby, even though this Mm -hmm. baby's going to be family. And Mm. it was, it was kind of, kind of hard, but honestly, once I did start telling my family, I had actually learned that I wasn't the first to have a baby out of wedlock in the family. And that Mm -hmm. was really comforting to know that, you know, no one's going to, no one in my family is going to pass judgment on me. You know, they've all been there, but also we, I knew too, I think I was also scared because we hadn't talked about it before what mm-hmm. it was. And that's why I didn't know that I wasn't the first because it wasn't talked about sex before marriage. I mean, just when I got the, the birds and the bees talk when I was younger, <laughs> I mean, my mom obviously was just like, so you should wait until you're 30 and married. Right. Um, and that, and that was it that was really the extent of how, of what I knew about sex before marriage. So I think that is why I was so scared. Yeah. And I think I don't, and you, maybe you can relate to this or maybe this is something you haven't heard of, but I remember talking to several people and even kind of the words that kind of flutter around the church that I grew up in when I was really young was that like, it was this, this idea that a child born outside of marriage was kind of like, cursed in a sense it was weird because they were like oh like god's not gonna bless that child there's no way that this child is gonna you know like they're gonna have a tough life because they're born outside of outside of marriage and i remember it never made sense to me in the moment but i know for you where you and i have talked about this before is that your daughter came at just the right time for you like she was a saving grace for you can you can you go into a little detail about that for us um yeah so about four months before we found out we were pregnant with Evelyn, I, and also the very beginning of mine and Ben's relationship, I was really struggling mentally. I had severe depression, anxiety that led to me attempting suicide. Um, I was held into the hospital for five days, honestly, because they were trying to figure out how to get me a room at the psychiatric ward and Mm -hmm. they didn't have any available. I also knew then that I did not want to go there. Um, (laughs) Honestly, right after I attempted, you know, I, I instantly, like, I just kind of had this feeling, call it God, call it whatever you want. Um, I reached out to a friend and I was like, I did this. And they were like, we're going to the hospital right away. And Mm -hmm. so they took me, they called my mom for me. Ben did not know they called Ben for me and another friend because I mean, I was in that almost two hours away from my mom. So, um, it was, it was a really hard time, but when I came out, I knew that I wanted, I wanted to be better. I wanted to feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just kind of worked really hard towards that. You know, I graduated cosmetology school was working a lot. Um, me and Ben that time also made us grow stronger. And I just had this like tugging, tugging feeling at my heart. Once again, call it God call it whatever you want. Um, mm-hmm. but I wanted to be a mom. I knew that was something that it, I just felt in my heart, like, this is what I want, even though like him and I were both still really young. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was four months after that, 
took a test and what do you know? And I remember my mom just telling me, you know, Jack, God gave you this child. So you had a different reason to live other than yourself. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll never forget that because I truly believe that Evelyn, Evelyn saved me. And she Mm -hmm. continues to save me even in my darkest times now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting how the ways that we grow up and the stigmas that we give and that we receive within church culture, there's certain things that we believe like, oh, God could never use this. God would never allow like, you know, my Lord would never, you know, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, there's, there's these certain things where we don't think any good could come out of that either because it's like sin, like premarital sex. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right when you said earlier that everybody's walk with God is different. It's about you and God, you know, and God can turn any situation for the better. And so I don't know. It's, it's, it's really interesting to hear that this is an aspect that save you because for me growing up, it was like, Oh no, sin is always, you know, sex is always bad. Premarital sex is always terrible. Don't Mm -hmm. do it. But I think it's great. Like if, if, and nobody and nobody can take that from you. That's I think that's the point I'm trying to get to is that if like that's that's you and God, you know, if God was like, hey, she needs I'm going to give her this daughter and it's going to give her a reason to live, a reason to give, a reason to, you know, even see if if you're able to see God a little bit more like through being a parent because God is painted as a, as a heavenly father, like yes. God can do that. And I think it's fantastic that he did that uh yes. for you. Uh and you're right, nobody has any right to to judge you for that. I think, I think too, that, um, when I was going through my hard time, I had strayed away from God. I felt like he wasn't listening. He wasn't there. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I wasn't praying anymore. You know, during other times, my mom had said like, pray for peace of mind, Jack, just, and I, I mean, I had done it so many times that I was like, it's not happening. Like I, I don't know. And honestly, I think I needed I needed to hit that point. I needed to unfortunately take those pills because it was in that moment that I was also like, this is not what I want. I, mm-hmm. there's more that I want. And, you know, I think finding out that I was pregnant with Evelyn and my mom saying what she did to me, I was like, this is what God intended for me. This is why mm-hmm. he gave me that feeling if he did to, call a friend to get to the hospital. That was also an opening for me that, you know, I was like, he was listening. Just, Mm -hmm. he didn't want to give me what I wanted. It had to be what he had planned for me. And I had to Mm -hmm. trust. And that's when I started to trust in him a little bit more. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important to clarify that if you're someone who is following God actively and like, you know, the Bible, there are certain things that say Ephesians five, don't have any, have, don't have anything to do with sexual immorality or any kind of impurity. Uh, there's a long list of sins in the epistles, like in Colossians and Galatians five that talk about certain sins like sexual immorality. So mm-hmm. what's important to understand here for our listeners is that we're not saying like, Hey, like go have sex, go have a child outside of marriage. You know, uh, <laughs> it's not okay. something we're actively, yeah, we're not actively supporting that or saying like, go do this. Uh, <laughs> what we are talking about is, is when it does happen, you know, right. uh, cause, cause you said you had, you had in your own mind, you kind of strayed from God. You're going through these mental battles, these mental health struggles, it, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it didn't seem like you were actively pursuing God, but right. God was able to turn what had happened in your sinful choices, shall we, shall we say, yes. and use it something for his glory. And that's what we're trying to talk about. And that's what the emphasis that we're having today is being able to focus on. Like when this does happen, is it possible to maintain a relationship with God? Can God be glorified in this? And then even as you listeners can you continue to love somebody who who does have who has experienced this? And I just wanted to make sure that that's that, that's clear okay. that not, we're not being like sex for all. Yeah, <laughs> don't wear condoms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who needs them? Get them out of here. <laughs> um, I think too that I don't want to put it out there that after we found out I was pregnant, it was all good. You know, I was com- I was comfortable. There was definitely some times of being uncomfortable, being mm-hmm. judged wondering like 
was this was this bad? Was this a bad idea? Kind mm-hmm. of wondering if God made a mistake or mm. if it was going. I can't tell you how many times, honestly, all throughout my pregnancy, I was so scared of having a miscarriage because I was like, what if God is trying to teach me a lesson? What if he's mm. going to take the child away from me? I remember feeling like that as well. And, but, you know, I think during those times of uncertain thoughts, it also brought me closer to him because I was praying for him not to take that child away from me to mm. let her bring this good into my life that she already has as she was just growing inside of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is interesting how growing up in a certain church environment then we see something that happens and then for us we're like this is something that can help us and it reorients us back to god not in a way that we suspect but also there's that kind of like lingering thought in our minds of like oh wait this is still sin like yes. you know what if god is gonna what if even though i think this will be something that brings me closer to god what if god yanks it away and there's still that fear that happens but luckily for you uh evelyn was born very healthy cute Baby. (laughs) So moving from that now, can you walk us through what it was like going back to church now having a child or stepping foot into a a church culture again, whether that was like around your family, being around people who were devoted Christians, or even going back into a building itself? What was that like now knowing that like I have this child who I'm not married? Mm -hmm. Um, So I remember when I was still pregnant, I was very far along. So it was very obvious that I was pregnant. Ben and I went to church and I remember us walking in, holding hands. And I was like, I remember whispering to him, I feel like I need to hide my hand so they don't see that I'm not married. Mm. I remember just being like, just nervous that I was going to get judged, even though like I knew that church needed to be a safe place. I mean, I knew, I knew all these things that like no one should be able to judge me. That's between me and God. Um, Mm -hmm. Really, it's none of their business, but, and it was a church that we didn't know anyone at either. So it was Mm -hmm. like a bunch of strangers. And I think that was, that also made us uncomfortable. And so, and we, it just felt awkward. But then we went to church after Evelyn was born, we were starting to, we were making it a regular thing of going every Sunday. And I don't know, what it was we just kind of felt like we were greeted with open arms it was it was like a church that i had went to that not a methodist church it was a pentecostal church but it was an extension of that church back home that was Mm -hmm. in christiansburg and i just kind of felt i felt comfortable i felt safe i felt accepted you know i didn't feel like anyone was looking at my ring finger they they loved my they loved my daughter they seemed to have accepted me and ben we don't go there anymore, not for any of those reasons, just life took us in a different direction. Mm-hmm. But it, it was definitely, it was definitely uncomfortable at times. I definitely think it kept me from going even at times. Mm-hmm. I remember saying to Ben, like, well, we don't have to go to church to call ourselves Christians. They're doing mm-hmm. all this stuff online anyways, where they just have it recorded. Right. No one needs to know that I'm going to church or I'm worshiping God. Right. So I just, I do remember feeling those, those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fantastic that that church in Christiansburg was able to love and accept you. Cause I think there's such a fear that comes with that. You know, we had talked about it earlier about this stigma that can happen where it's like, Oh, all eyes are on me. They know I don't have a, a ring on my finger, you know, and it's these insecurities that we play in our heads over and over again, that we project onto other people. Mm-hmm. Luckily, you know, and I think, I think hopefully more and more churches are becoming this way too, where it's, that was just a fear in my head. You know, that was just something I played out in my mind but they are really loving and it's great that people are super accept were super accepting of of you and Ben and Evelyn um even though in your mind it's like we're going to get stoned the second that we <laughs> step foot in there like i think even for me now obviously i don't have a kid but i know the sins that i've committed and there's a part of me that's like all right well if i step foot back into a church i'm just going to burst into flames the second i hit that like that first step that goes up to the building <laughs> Yes. But once again, that's that's all fears that we play in our head. But it's great that you guys were were met with such acceptance. Yes, we were. And I 
we are so blessed with our family. You know, most of our family was supportive. Unfortunately, there was someone in the family who was really trying to push marriage on us was you could tell that they were really wrestling with the idea of a bastard child in the family bastard Mm -hmm. meaning a child born out of wedlock you know um it was it was very that was very unfortunate it was it was kind of hard to deal with someone so close to us feeling like that but at the same time it the love and support from the rest of the family like it outnumbered that one person and Mm -hmm. you know and that's and that's how we see it even today. Like we just, I mean, that one person, they, they love Evelyn. They see her as a person now instead of mm-hmm. just a baby or just a, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> just this little thing in your stomach, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we definitely went through our, our trials and our struggles. You know, it wasn't, it was all, all sunshine and rainbows. I mean, it was hard. And I think even after we had Evelyn, we were still getting pushed to get married, pushed to get married until we got engaged, which was last November. And Mm -hmm. then we just got married in July, but it Mm -hmm. was still like, it didn't feel like they were pushing the marriage on us because they thought we were this wonderful couple who loved each other unconditionally. They just didn't like the idea that we had a child that and we were married Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's a great way to transition into this question which is do you think the way that others reacted or what you know of church culture do you think that pushed you away from god do you think that it brought you closer to god in what ways did those outside influence affect your personal walk with god i think i think the the negative comments that were made you know i think it made me question made me wonder like did we do something wrong Mm -hmm. is this really not a gift from god um but overall i just had to i had to step away and look at the bigger picture and go with what was in my heart and what i truly believed which i believe that you know god gave us evelyn to save me i mean to she's a blessing. I don't see her as any sort. I don't see her as a sin. I don't see Mm -hmm. how we got her as a sin. I see it as a blessing. Mm -hmm. So I think it made me made my relationship with God a lot stronger overall. That's fantastic. And I think it's so great when you're able to weed out the the voices, whether it's negative or positive, Mm -hmm. because church culture can have such an influence on you where it's like my relationship with God, whether it's going well or whether it's going poorly is dictated on the voices of other people. Mm -hmm. But from what it sounds like is that through the outside voices, you were able to be like, no, this is my relationship with God. I'm secure in my relationship with God and the outside voices, positive or negative, aren't going to sway me a certain way, which is the mark of a a healthy relationship with God. In my opinion, is being able to stand firm in your walk with him despite outside influences. Yes. Um, so that's fantastic. And this is all really good stuff just in terms of having a child outside of marriage and, and your perspective and what it looked like for you to, to continue to go after God, knowing the, the certain stigmas and the certain taboo of, of this type of topic. And I wanted to get your, allow you the chance to give advice on, on two different fronts here for our listeners. And the first would be for our listeners who have a child outside of marriage and are considering their walk with God, or maybe someone just found out that they're pregnant and they're, they've kind of grown up as, as you and I did being enveloped in, in church culture. What advice and what words of encouragement could you give to them from the perspective of you who, who has lived through that? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great question. I, I think the best advice for that is, you know, tune out those extra voices, tune out the voices in your own head that you're going to be judged. Just take a second and talk with God. If that's what you want, if you want to have a relationship with God, if you want to get back into church, 
you you ask him to lead the way for you. Ask him to show to lead the way for what church you should go to, where you're going to be accepted and not judged. Um, mm-hmm. Ask for peace of mind, for strength to get through anything that may hit you of judgment. Just really being open with God. You know, I think people have this idea of praying as kneeling by your bed with your hands together. Like it doesn't have to be like that. You can literally be driving to work and just, just start talking, just be like, Hey God, what's up? This is what I'm thinking. And just kind of say, and I think it helps to say it out loud. Like Mm. I always been told, like when I was little, God knows what's going in, going on in your head. But I think it's different when you say it out loud, like, God, this is what I want. This is what I, I feel like I need, but I need you to lead the way. And I'm Mm -hmm. going to trust you in that. And, you know, I think that's, it helped me so much just being able to talk with God because I think it made me more comfortable in our relation, my relationship with God, knowing that I could. Mm-hmm. I imagine with the things that I've gone through, but especially with this to make sure that your relationship with God is solid. You know, if you are considering maintaining your walk with God or you are interested in, in growing in your relationship with God or learning about a relationship with God, Jacqueline's right when, when she says that it comes down to you and God. That's, that's the meaning of being a follower of Christ mm-hmm. is that it's you and God. And obviously people will help, can help along the way. They can give solid advice. They can be there to guide you. But you got to be rock solid in your own faith first. Uh, and that's really important. And that comes from one, prayer and communication with God. But also Romans talks about how faith comes from hearing the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that counts too. Like the Bible is God's word. So communicating with, with God is, is, is massive. Uh, the way I'd always, I was always taught was that when we read the Bible, that's God talking to us. And obviously he can like re- reveal himself in certain different ways too, but that's like one of the surefire ways to know what God is saying. Mm-hmm. And then the way we communicate back to him is, is through prayer and saying that stuff out loud really does help. It really is helpful to be able to do that. What else? Is there any, any other tidbits of advice that you can give to, to someone who may be experiencing this? Yeah. Um, you know, if you are pregnant, if you have this child and it doesn't work out with the father or dads, if it doesn't work out with the mother, don't feel like you have to, you have to stay with them because there is a child. Um, you, you can do it alone. You, you are strong enough to do it. And don't let anyone try to push you to get married, especially right away. You know, always see it in the movies and the TV shows that, hey, mom and dad, so-and-so's pregnant. I'm the dad or I'm, the, I'm pregnant. Um, okay, let's get married. You got to get married right now. That's not the case anymore. Don't feel like that. But also, if you do decide to marry the person that you had a child with, don't let anyone make you feel like you just did it because you had a baby, you know, I, I married Ben, but we, our daughter just turned two, two weeks ago and we got married a week before that. So, I mean, it took us a hot second to make sure like, this is what we wanted, but we were also very comfortable with, we're not doing this because of Evelyn. We're doing this because we really love each other. We want to grow our family together. We mm-hmm. balance each other out. And I just think that also, Post for women, this is for the women, the moms. Um, you feel all the feels postpartum, um, and it's really hard. And you need, you know, it takes a village. And if you don't have that village, I'll be part of your village. I'll change your, I'll change the baby's diaper. I'll go get the formula for you. Um, if you feel like you don't have someone there, but also like, just know that. If that's what it ha- what it takes, you having to step away from the other person involved or, you know, if you don't have a supportive family like I did, or if you feel like if you're not comfortable getting back into church and having that kind of support system, like I'm there, I'm there too. We'll, we'll give out my email. Um, <laughs> but just know that like, you know, just as bad as it can all feel at that time, just believe that it's, it is going to get better. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's, that's really helpful to, to hear as someone who 
we'll never understand postpartum. Mm-hmm. It's important for me to hear someone who ha- has someone who hasn't experienced it to be a support system for yes. someone that has gone through that. Uh, and then for if you are someone who is going through that mm-hmm. as a listener, it really is important to have a community around you that will love and listen and support and be there in those dark times. Because like we've already talked about, having this type of experience, especially within a church context can be very nerve wracking. And it can, I imagine that it it makes you kind of want to bottle up a little bit. Maybe you don't feel confident talking about it, or you're afraid of how things will be received. Mm -hmm. Uh, But having a community really is important. And something that Jacqueline said earlier that I want to bring up that I think is important right now too, is that churches can be a safe place for you in that. There are churches that will love you, that will accept you. Like Jacqueline had described of the church in Christiansburg, Mm -hmm. is that there are places that that won't immediately see you and judge you for having a child or being pregnant outside of marriage. There is love and there is a community waiting, waiting out there for you. And so hopefully Jacqueline's words can help give you the, the comfort and the, and the confidence that you may need to really go out there and find that, that community for you. And then on the flip side of that, and this is one of the reasons why I thought it was so important to have you on here, Jack, is that we want to be able to give people who don't necessarily understand this experience, but are still in the church. And maybe some of our listeners do have that mentality of, oh, like child outside of marriage, this person's a sinner, this child will be cursed, quote unquote. Well, we, the hope of this podcast is to start conversations and to give people the perspective of like, you can still love people. People are still humans, regardless of the sin that has happened in their life, regardless of what they go through. Uh, so for those, for people who have not experienced this, what is your advice to them and how to love and how to, to best handle someone who is going through this? You know, I think just give some grace, you know, you, you don't know what's happening behind closed doors, just like that person doesn't know what, ha- what's happening to you behind closed doors. You know, I think I, I can't tell you enough how much it means for how much it meant to me when I was pregnant to get a message and just be like, I'm here for you. I want to support you. What do you need? And to get those messages, even after Evelyn was born, like, how can I best support you? It just, it means a lot. Like I said, just give some grace, just try to be understanding, you know, just because it looks like they have sin written across their forehead. Um, I mean, what are you doing behind closed doors that no one knows that you're doing? I, I want to put out there. I think all sins the same. I don't think Mm -hmm. one's worse than the other. Who are you to judge? You know, Mm -hmm. why do you think you are the holder of that spot? Really? God is, God is when it comes to that time to decide, are you going to heaven or hell? And I I don't see how you placing a judgment on someone is going to decide that God isn't asking for your input. He's not asking for your advice. Hey, do you think Jack deserves to go to heaven or hell? He doesn't send you a message and says that, you know, So, (laughs) I, I just think giving some grace, have an ear, an open ear, you know? Yeah. And I think it's really important for the listeners to understand that, we all go through different sins. Some are more outward. Galatians 5 talks about the outward sins, Mm -hmm. such as drunkenness, sexual immorality, things that are very overt to the eyes. Like you can see somebody in that act or you can see physically the effects of that act. Yes. But also Mark 7 verse 20 through 23 talks about the sins of the heart. And Jacqueline's right in where she says that all sin is sin. All sin leads to death. That's Romans 3.23 and Romans 6.23. And Mark 7 says, Jesus went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. From it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. And this isn't 
a time to attack you if you're in church and you believe that sex outside of marriage is a sin. Because according to the Bible, it is. And you're not wrong to say that it's a sin. So we're not here to attack you. We're not here to shame you in any way. But we are here to remind all of us that there is a common ground, that we are all sinful. We are all guilty of sin in some way. So whether maybe you don't have a child outside of marriage, but you've been slandering somebody at work, mm-hmm. maybe you aren't drunk, you know, on, on Saturdays and out partying as an example, but maybe you do hold envy in your heart mm-hmm. to Jesus. All of these things lead to death. All of these things lead to sin. And if you can imagine the times when you were open about those, those sinful thoughts in your own heart. And you remember how helpful it was for someone just to listen and for someone to support you and not be quick to condemn. Mm -hmm. I think what Jacqueline is is truly saying is that be that for somebody else. Be that for the mom that is pregnant yet is still trying in her relationship with God Mm -hmm. because she's making that effort just like you're making that effort. Sin is sin, but grace is grace. Love is love. Jesus told us to love first. And that's what's really important. So if you're listening to this, if you're wondering what can I do to help support, what can I do to help love somebody through this? That's the answer. Love and support. <laughs> yes. Don't be quick to condemn. Don't be quick to, to throw somebody into the dirt or throw looks of, oh my goodness, do you see what do you see what she's doing? She got a little baby bump on her. Like, you know, if if we put your life on display, unfortunately, because you're human, there would be some not so great things either. So it's important that we love first before anything else. I think I think this world, especially right now, going through this pandemic and racial injustice, you know, I think we need more love. We need more more understanding. We need we need to be able to stop and listen, you know, not quite be talking. You know, why not just stop and listen to what someone else has to say about this? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And we've said this on other podcasts, episodes, but there, there will be a time and place for using scripture to say, hey, this is sin. Mm -hmm. But more often than not, the person knows that it's a sin. The person knows that, you know, what I did was not right in God's eyes, Mm -hmm. but I'm here in church and I'm fighting for a relationship with him. And so the biggest thing that we can do that you can do as someone who may not have a shared experience with this is just to love and to listen. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think too, like you quoted scripture about how sex is seen as a sin, you know, sure. But from sex came this child and in Psalm 127, three, it says children are a gift from the Lord. They are a a reward from him. And I think, I mean, I don't think God is sitting there looking at every pregnant woman who is having a child out of wedlock is like, ill. no, how dare they do this? They're like, this is, this is someone else who is, who could follow, follow me, could help shine my love out of them. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's also honestly, in my opinion, if we're going to get to it, is that you can quote any scripture and say, this is a sin, but there's another scripture that says, well, actually God also (laughs) says this about it. So yeah. Yeah. A child outside of marriage is still a child. It's still a gift from God. It's Mm -hmm. still worthy of love. And even that person, the people who committed sex outside of marriage, who have that child, they're still human. They're still worthy of love. God still loves them. God, Jesus loved the adulterous woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knew. The whole town knew her reputation. And yet he looked on her with love. He stopped the men and women from stoning her in the streets mm-hmm. because he loved her. So look at people with love first. And that's it. <laughs> that's the best advice that we can give is just look at people with love and just love them and, and show God through your love. Yes. Because that will make a, a larger impact and a more lasting impact than mm-hmm. the quick words of condemnation, the quick words of, well, you're sinful. When we say love, just imagine it in all caps. 
Love. Love. Do it. <laughs> Jacqueline, thank you so much for hopping on here, for taking the time to, to talk to me as I sit in my glorious closet <laughs> uh, about such a, such a heavy topic. Thank you so much for taking your time. You know, thank you for having me. I, I'm so happy. I'm so excited, honored, you know, all the feels that you even asked me, you know, I've said a <laughs> hundred times, like someone cares about what I have to say. Like it just kind of blew my mind a little bit. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. You don't understand like how much this meant to me as well. I was so excited to have you on here and to hear your story about such a topic that can be taboo because we really do want to start these great conversations mm -hmm. and bridge the gap of an experience or a topic between those who are living through it and those who, who haven't lived through it and then mm -hmm. learning how we can connect with, with each other in a greater way, whether you're loving God, whether you're living for God, or it's God's not on your radar and it's, you just want to know a little bit more. So thank you so much for that. Uh, really appreciate your vulnerability, really appreciate your, your insight on these, on these matters. And for our listeners, if they are going through something similar, or maybe they have more questions, maybe they just need to need a safe space. Like you were saying, like you want to be a part of their community and, and be a part of their support system. Where can they reach you? So they can email me at jdaners07 at yahoo.com, or they can find me on Facebook. It is now Jacqueline Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S. Probably, probably the best two places to reach me at. Fantastic. Yeah. And I'll put that on the different podcast pages, put it up on our podcast Instagram page. I'll put it up on the Facebook, Inst Facebook, Instagram, God, <laughs> on the Facebook podcast page. That way you guys can know her email if you want to reach her through that, or if you just want to get in contact with her a little more to ask more questions to learn how to best love someone who has a child outside of marriage or is going through a similar effect of that. But to our listeners, thank you so much. Jacqueline, once again, thank you so much. Such a great time being with you through Zoom. <laughs> Just having this time. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time.